You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, Internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Most writers and radio show hosts know that to connect with your fans, you need to do more than just write books or record the latest podcasts. There are many different elements that go into forming an online platform, but there are also many hidden traps. To make matters worse, solid advice on how to survive the muddy waters is scarce. In the book Hidden Traps, I talk about some of the important issues of working with an online platform, highlighting traps that could put your physical or internet security at risk, or be harmful to your reputation. Are your social media posts just links with a few disjointed words making you look like someone who can't complete a sentence? Did your new website cost you more than you anticipated? Are you leaking your personal contact details across the web without even knowing it? Then you need Hidden Traps. Hidden Traps is now available in paperback and ebook from a variety of retailers, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Visit blackwolfpublications.com for more details. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-553-8687. That's 800-553-8687. Again, 800-553-8687. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq, Grantham University. 
Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree, too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Sometimes riders feel lost, unsure why a passage may not be working. It takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our riding into full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable riders to develop and grow, offering manuscript critiques and line edits through a mentoring editorial style. We also offer assistance on generating a rider's bio for your websites. Black Wolf Editorial Services, nurturing your riding into maturity. For a full list of services, visit blackwolfeditorial.com. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. The world around us is an amazing place filled with beauty and with science. But let's face it, sometimes the science can be so confusing that it takes a PhD to understand it. Well, you're in luck. I just happen to have a PhD. Come and take a seat. Perhaps I can explain the world around us in a way we all can understand. Welcome to Conversations in Science. I'm Dr. Judy L. Moore. Call me Doc. Hey guys, and welcome, 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 welcome to a new year. It is 2018. Woohoo! Uh, I am Dr. Judy L. Moore, and yes, as my intro says, I do have a PhD. But those of you who are new to the show, the way it works is I do the best I can to explain science in a way we all can understand with the help of my dear and sweet and lovely producer. Where are you? What's up, yes. Doc? Hey, Jess. Right, it's Jesse's job to make sure not only that I sound beautiful and fantastic on the internet, but she is also there to actually make sure that I don't go to technobabbly as I am sometimes prone to do. So, hey, Doc, what Doc, are we going to talk? Doc, oh. hey, I got what, news. What, what? Oh, okay, news for 2018. Do tell me some news. Conversations in Science is now available on iHeartRadio. Oh, that's awesome. What? Wait a minute. I'm on iHeartRadio. What? I'm on iHeartRadio. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Whoa. Okay. Head spin. Absolutely head spinning. Wow. I think this is probably some other, there's some other news as well, isn't there? Oh, what? Well, my news timetable. Yes, that's true. You're the one that told me about it. <laughs> 
sorry. It just didn't seem like news to me anymore. But yeah, Conversations in Science is now played every Monday. But yeah, it's not always a new episode, but there'll be at least one new one a month, right, Doc? Yep, at least one new one a month, and sometimes two, depending on how energetic we get. (laughs) But definitely one new one a month, most definitely, and it's producer's choice as to whether there's actually additional ones that get played and what they are, isn't it? Yep, they'll be played, it's just... Now, if you have a request, how do they send it to us, Doc? Well, if they have a request and they want to hear a particular episode over again, do send us an email at science at klrnradio.com. And we will definitely, and this goes to the same, if you've got any topics that you would like us to cover and we would like us to talk about, send us an email. Hey, I do check it on a regular basis. That's science at klrnradio.com. Meanwhile, what are we going to be talking about today? Hmm. I think well, you told me something about we're going loony. Yeah, we're going to go a bit loony about Luna. <laughs> Basically, what it is is, I don't know, earlier this month we had a supermoon. Later this month, we have hmm, a lunar eclipse. And we also have a blue moon and a whole bunch of other bits and pieces. And people are going a little bit loony about the moon. So we're going to go loony about Luna. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds great, doesn't it? Sounds like fun to me, Doc. (laughs) So where do we start, Jess? Okay. Where do we start? First of all, let's start with the basics. Isn't that always a good place, Doc? Yes, but there are so many confusing things about the basics. So, how far is the moon from the Earth? Oh, you would have to ask that horrid question. I haven't even got the number on the top of my fingers. Hang on. Distance to moon. See, Google. Google, my friend. Okay. According to my wonderful, wonderful Google searches that I very quickly do, the moon is... 384,000 mile, uh, kilometers, 400 kilometers. Yeah, so three, th- three th- sorry, 384,400 kilometers. For those of you who don't think in kilometers, because not everybody does, I'm sorry, to convert that into miles, that's 200, sorry, 238,900 miles. Just... Oh, I'm getting numbers confused. I am so getting them confused. Does that make any sense? I think we can make heads or tails out of it. All right. Doc, the moon has more than one phase. What are the phases and how do they all fit together? Okay. Okay. So for those of you who watch the moon like I do, you'll notice a couple of things that are very interesting about the moon. You have the four different phases, which you have the new moon, which you really can't see the moon. You know it's there because it's there. It's always there in the sky, but you just can't see it. That's the new moon. And then you have on the opposite spectrum, you have the full moon where it's a nice big white bubble in the sky. You know, this big, beautiful thing. And then you also have the two quarter moon phases. One of them is a waxing moon, meaning it's growing in size. 
And the other one, we call it a waning moon, meaning it's shrinking in size. Makes sense. Two words that make sense. But there's a couple of things that you may have noticed if you actually watch the moon on a regular basis. One of them is that we always see the same crater surface or crater structure on the moon. The moon is always facing, the same face is always facing the earth. It never, from our perspective, doesn't rotate. The reason know, why I is didn't know because the moon of didn't an, rotate. What was that? I didn't know that the moon didn't rotate. Well, it does, actually. But what it is, is that it orbits the Earth every 27 days, thereabouts. I mean, it's a slightly bit, it's a interesting orbit. It has a, a bit more than 27 days. It's, it's a funny, weird thing. But like the Earth, it does rotate about an axis as well. But a moon day, so that's why on Earth we're rotating about an axis and it's 24 hours is our day because we're rotating around the axis. A moon day is actually 27 days. So Wow, a whole not day only... takes 27 Earth days on the moon? Yeah, it's 27 Earth days on the moon, yeah. So not only do you get 27 days for it to orbit around the Earth, but it's 27 days for it to rotate about its axis. And as a consequence, we always see the same side of the moon. It never changes. It gives us a bit of an interesting perspective as a consequence because that's why we have the dark side of the moon, even though it's not actually dark, but that just happens to be the other side of the moon that we don't see. And that's what they tend to call as the dark side of the moon. Now, Am I making NASA sense? give it that term because they couldn't communicate with the astronauts that were landing on the moon? Exactly. That was exactly it. If the astronauts had actually gone to the far side of the moon as they were orbiting around, the radio communication was cut off and it went basically radio dark. They couldn't, there was no communications. And that's where that term dark side of the moon came from. It's not really dark because it does see sunlight, but from the Earth's perspective, we don't ever see it. So that's what it and But we know what it looks like because the astronauts that have gone to the moon have actually taken photographs. So we do know what the other side of the moon looks like, just not from Earth, do we know? Okay. Does this make all sense? I'm, I'm following you so far. Okay. Now, there's some other really interesting things about the moon's orbit. The moon does not orbit in a circular path. It's actually slightly oval. Okay. And the Earth sits in one sort of apex of that oval path. As a consequence, as the moon is orbiting around the Earth, sometimes it's closer to the Earth... And sometimes it's further away. And these have very special scientific terms. They have, when it's at its closest, it's called it's at its perigee. And when it's at its furthest away, it's called an apogee. It's at the apogee. And sometimes the full moon happens to coincide with the perigee. That 
is what we know as a supermoon. Now, the interesting thing that's about a supermoon, and when it's at its apogee, by the way, it's called a mini moon. Very creative term, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> creative mini moon. Got it. <laughs> Very creative term. Mini right, moon so, and super moon. I'm with you so far. Okay. There is actually a size difference. So those of you who are looking out there and watching the moon, you're not imagining things. You are not crazy. The moon actually does change its size in our skies. We actually do see the moon grow bigger and get smaller as the year moves and as things move around. We do actually see it happening. It's not your imagination. We will also see the moon getting brighter or fainter depending on where you are with respect to perigee and apogee and full moon and all these other things. You're not imagining it. It is real. It does happen. It just turns out that the size difference between a mini moon and the super moon, it's about 14% difference in the radius of what we see in the sky. So if we were to actually physically measure how big our perspective moons are that we see and we take two photographs one in perigee one in apogee so we're dealing with the super moon and the mini moon compare the size difference it's 14 percent different but because of that 14 percent different we also get more light in a super moon as well so it's about a 30 percent difference in luminosity now before somebody goes through and says oh my god what Hang on, 14% difference in size, but 30% different in brightness? Why is that? Well, the reason why is because we measure the size difference when we're working in diameter. But the brightness of something, how bright it is, your luminosity, is a function of area. And if anyone remembers going back to high school mathematics, the area of a circle, pi r squared. Take the radius, and so if you've got an increase of your radius of 14%, then you're going to have an increase in your area by 14 squared percent. Does that make sense? I think I'm with you, but you, I'm not. Math wasn't my strongest suit, Doc. <laughs> but that's basically what's going on. And so when you do all these bits and pieces of the math calculations, it works out to be about, hmm, I don't know. 30% increase in light. So that's why we've got more increase in light than we do in an increase of size. So that's supermoon and mini moons or micromoons, as it's also called. Great, fantastic, imaginative names. Yeah, some people weren't really very imaginative back then. Now, there are some interesting things about supermoons and all these other bits and pieces. We don't get supermoons unless it's a full moon. Okay. It's really, really odd because we get the moon coming to perigee quite frequently. It's, it is a, it, it's something that we can calculate. We know, we know what the orbital period is of the moon. We know what the orbital period is of the Earth. We know all of this. We, we've studied it for centuries. We're, we're not talking about just our own calculation. We're even talking, you know, the likes of Galileo was even able to work this out. So we know all of this information. We can model 
and we know exactly when things are going to happen. And you can go to a lot of different websites. NASA's got one, and I think there's also a time and date is another one. Lots of different websites will tell you exactly when perigee is going to occur, when supermoons are going to happen, when micromoons are going to happen, when we're going to have lunar eclipses. Okay. Now, that one's an interesting Whoa, one. Whoa, Doc. Yeah? I know we've discussed solar eclipses, so I got that one. Now, what's a lunar eclipse, and can you look directly at it? Okay. So, a solar eclipse, just as a reminder, is when the moon is blocking the sun with respect to the Earth. So, we cannot see the sun. And it just so happens that you get parts of the world that go into total darkness. They get night in the middle of day. That's a solar eclipse. A lunar eclipse, it's the other way around. It's where the moon gets blocked by the Earth from the sun. So what happens is a full moon becomes red. Red? It becomes red. It's because of the way the Rayleigh scattering, it's because of the way the the light is scattered. What's Rayleigh scattering? Hang on. Yeah. It's because of the way the light is scattered through our atmosphere. It is still getting light from the sun, but it's getting this periphery light that's sort of bouncing around the earth and going through our atmosphere to get to the moon. Okay? So we see the moon as red as a consequence. It's a really interesting light thing, really funky light trick. And what's going to happen is with a lunar eclipse, and we actually have one on the 31st of January, 2018. That's when the next full, the total lunar eclipse is going to happen. That's when the next one is. What's going to happen is it's going to start entering into this um, preumba region, which is basically the Earth's shadow. It's just a fancy word for the Earth's shadow. It's going to move into that region, and it's going at the edge of it. It's going to start to look a bit orange, and then it's going to carry on, and the moon's going to really become this wonderful orangey color. And when it gets to totality, it's going to go red, bright red. Sort of like the color of your shirt sometime, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do wear a lot of red shirts. But so what do they call it when it goes bright red? Is there a special name? They do call it the blood moon. That's a historical name. And it was because in ancient times, they didn't understand what was going on. They didn't know about the where the moon was with respect to the, the sun or anything like that. They didn't know why that this was actually a lunar eclipse. They didn't understand it. But what they did know was that the moon is going the color of blood. So they called it the blood moon. And there is a lot of freaky type myths associated with it because people go a little bit cuckoo on a lunar moon. (laughs) They just do this. I don't know why. Blood moon happens and people just go a little bit. mm, 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 mm." But it's okay. But what makes this particular lunar eclipse that we've got coming up, what makes it so special is it's also what we call a, blood, a blue moon. Okay. Now, a blue we've moon. We've got a blood moon, a blue on. moon, and a, and a full moon all cramming themselves in one spot. <laughs> yeah. Now, people are going to go cuckoo over this. Okay. So, a blue moon. 
to make it really simple for you to understand. Take a calendar month. It's the second full moon in a month. There's nothing more fantastic or more greater definition to what a blue moon is. We've already had a full moon this month. We had it on the 2nd of January. We've got another one coming up on the 31st. That's the second full moon in one month. So it's a blue moon. So the saying once in a blue often. moon is actually a real thing. A blue moon yeah. is a real thing. Yeah, it is a real thing. And it's and the reason why that saying is once in a blue moon is because they do come around not very often, but they're often enough for people to recognize them. They're not blue. <laughs> it's just, hey, you know, we like to have this funky little term to them. They're not actually a blue moon. But in this case, this year, we're going to get a red blue moon. Is that rare, Doc? Yeah, that one is actually quite rare. And it's but, and it just so happens that it coincides that the total lunar eclipse that we've got is coinciding with the blue moon. That's all. That's the only reason why it happens. It's no reason to go cuckoo, but I can pretty well guarantee that someone is going to go cuckoo. They always do. Like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That's okay. <laughs> now, I've taken a look at some of the other things. Now, we've had the supermoon. And that supermoon was, what, the 2nd of January. So it wasn't very far away. You can actually have a lunar eclipse coinciding with the supermoon. Okay. Is there a special term for that? <laughs> Other than cuckoo. There isn't actually a special term. No. For that, there isn't a special term. But here's the funny thing is that next year in 2019, January, January 2019, we're talking first month of that year, we are going to have a total lunar eclipse, i.e. the moon's going to go red again. And it's going to coincide with the supermoon. So it's going to be a bright, big, red babble in the sky. Hmm. I think people are going to go seriously crazy over that date. Now, I think I'll just shut my doors. (laughs) I have a question for you, Doc. People always make a really huge deal about solar eclipses. But lunar eclipses don't seem to be quite the chaos that solar eclipses are. What's the deal? Okay. With a solar eclipse, you actually can't watch it directly. You will burn the retinas in your eyes. You have to, if you're going to watch a solar eclipse, you have to have special filtered glasses or you have to look through a camera lens that's actually specially equipped to look at the sun or you have to use the pinhole camera trick, which is the old style, you know, pinhole in a piece of paper and you're trying to focus it on another piece of paper and you're watching another paper pinhole cameras are so much fun or there's other methods you can't look at a lunar a solar eclipse straight away if you're going to watch the moon hey you can see that's probably what makes it so different is the fact that the moon you can always look at it there is nothing stopping you to look at the moon. Uh, every single time you have a full moon in the sky, you can 
watch it. You can see it. You don't need any special cameras or special filters or telescope. You don't need anything. You can even see a full moon in the middle of the day. Doc, I beg to differ. There is one thing you need. Yeah, no cloud? Bingo. A clear, <laughs> a clear night sky. Oh, you don't need a clear night sky. You can still have clouds coverage. And in fact, that's how you get the halo effect around the moon is when you have a thin, wispy layer of clouds. And that's pretty cool. But yeah, you're right. You do need to have some clearish sky so you can actually see the sky and see the moon. But other than that, you don't need any special equipment. So it's safe any time to run outside and stare at the moon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And in terms of the, the lunar eclipse that's coming up at the end of the month, there is large portions of the world who will be able to watch it. I get to watch it all eight minutes of it if I really want to because of where I happen to live. It's great. Um, I, I think, what was it? It's the uh, western seaboard in the U.S. that will be able to see um, portions of it, not necessarily all of it. I think I'm going to miss and... it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know Alaska can definitely see all of it. I'm a, I'm um, about as far I away from Alaska think... as you get. Well, I'm on the East Coast anyway. So, I yeah, think... I, I think the eastern seaboard will be able to see parts of it, but not all of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense, it's Doc. Eight so there's actually a lot of things about the moons. Okay, right. We can only ever have a lunar eclipse during a full moon. We will never, ever have a lunar eclipse during any other phase of the moon. Okay. Just like we can only ever have a solar eclipse during a new moon. We will never get it in any other phase of the moon. Why? That is because of a perceptive thing. Okay. Imagine that you put your hand out in front of you. Just, you know, you put your hand out in front and block something. Like, um, I don't know, maybe you've got a clock up on the wall or whatever. But you put your hand in front of you and you block your sight of that particular whatever item you're blocking. Keep your hand where it is. Don't move it. And then lean to the side slightly. Just a little bit. And you'll be able to see whatever your hand was blocking. It's because of the perceptions and where your vision and field of view is. Okay. It's exactly the same thing when you're talking about a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse. The moon in a solar eclipse is blocking the earth's view of the sun. It can't do that if it's going to be in any other phase other than a new moon. Because the whole reason what a new moon is, is it means that the, the, the side of the moon that's facing us gets no light from the sun. The moon doesn't, is not a light source of its own. It's basically a mirror. It's reflecting solar light back to Earth. Okay, so the moon isn't this 
doesn't have doesn't have its own batteries. It reflects light from the sun. Yeah, it doesn't have any light of its own. It is the the surface that it is made of is this luminescent material. It is it's reflective. It is a reflective surface. So any light that goes to the moon will be reflected back. So the old wives' tale about from. the moon being made of green cheese just absolutely crushed. Oh, absolutely. Sorry. Absolutely crushed. The moon is a reflective surface. That's it. So for it to be a new moon, none of the surfaces that are collecting light from the sun are facing the earth. That is the only way it's going to block the sun from the earth because all the light is not making it to us. That's how we get the solar eclipse. The reverse is going to be true with the lunar eclipse. It has to be a full moon because how else is the earth going to block the moon from the sun? And the only reason why it doesn't go dark like the sun does is because it's still getting a little bit of light, but it's getting the light that's going through our atmosphere and around us. It's, it's a bit of an interesting light thing because, dare I say it, most people tend to think of light as rays in straight lines, but light doesn't travel in straight lines, guys. It travels in funky curves and waves, and it does other things. I'm not going to go into that because that's a whole different show, whole different area of things, and it is so confusing sometimes. I'm not going to go there. Well, maybe we'll but do that another why. time then, Doc. Yeah, another time. Maybe we'll talk about how light really moves in another time. But basically, it's getting this light that's coming through the edges of our atmosphere reflecting onto the, the moon. And that's what we see. That's why it's gone red. So it's moving into our shadow. Okay. okay. Now, so if anybody signs, tries to sell me special glasses to watch anything lunar... They're cuckoo. They're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Definitely. Cool, because you never know what people will try and put a slap a price tag on these days, Doc. Yeah, no, we don't need to be going that. Okay, Jess. Yeah, Doc? You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure if I've covered everything yet. Are there Uh, any questions that are just burning to be answered? Well, you mentioned, let's see, we met, we covered the cycle of the moon, the waxing and the waning moon, the full moon, the new moon, the blue moon, the super moon. Um, the blood guess, moon. The blood moon. How did, well, if we don't mind taking a slight mythology trip, how did some of these things, you know, what, I've also heard of a corn moon, I think it was one time. And it was just... Ah. And you also get the harvest moon. Yeah. And the wolf moon. And all of these other ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yep, we can definitely take a trail down there. But, Jess. Yeah? How about we take a quick break. Pay those bills. And then we do it. You got it, Doc. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network. Internet radio like you've never heard before. 
innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Most writers and radio show hosts know that to connect with your fans, you need to do more than just write books or record the latest podcasts. There are many different elements that go into forming an online platform, but there are also many hidden traps. To make matters worse, solid advice on how to survive the muddy waters is scarce. In the book Hidden Traps, I talk about some of the important issues of working with an online platform, highlighting traps that could put your physical or internet security at risk, or be harmful to your reputation. Are your social media posts just links with a few disjointed words making you look like someone who can't complete a sentence? Did your new website cost you more than you anticipated? Are you leaking your personal contact details across the web without even knowing it? Then you need Hidden Traps. Hidden Traps is now available in paperback and ebook from a variety of retailers, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Visit blackwolfpublications.com for more details. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-553-8687. That's 800-553-8687. Again, 800-553-8687. 687. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq, Grantham University. 
Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree, too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Sometimes riders feel lost, unsure why a passage may not be working. It takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our writing into full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable writers to develop and grow, offering manuscript critiques and line edits through a mentoring editorial style. We also offer assistance on generating a writer's bio for your websites. Black Wolf Editorial Services, nurturing your writing into maturity. For a full list of services, visit blackwolfeditorial.com. Hi guys and welcome back. I am Dr. Judy L. Moore and guess what? <laughs> We've been talking about the moon. We've been going lunar, loony over lunar. Hmm, interesting. Loony uh, over lunar. That that almost sounds, well, I know there is a candy bar that was called the lunar bar. I don't know if it's still out there, but it was pretty yummy. I'll have to take your word for that because you know what? I get, get different candy bars, so I don't know, but that's okay. Meanwhile, okay, so we have been talking about various different things associated with the moon. We've been talking about lunar eclipses. We've been talking about why it's called the blood moon. We've been talking about the um, the blue moon that we've got coming up at the end of the month. We've been talking about the fact that we just had a super moon <laughs> and, and what a micro or mini moon is called. <laughs> Very imaginative names, guys. We've been talking about I why we have lunar eclipses. I do have another question, all these Doc. What was that, Jess? Do people actually go just a little bit nutty when the moon actually does these things, or is that just all myth? Well, I remember my mother. My mother used to be an ER nurse, and one of the things that she always jokingly said is that you could tell, you could actually tell when it was a full moon outside because – the ER would just get a little crazy. You would get some really bizarre cases coming in. And for whatever reason, people just go a little bit nutsy. Um, I'm not sure if it's connected, but the full moon or the moon cycle actually does contribute to the way waves and the cycle of, of, the movement of the earth. So the tides, the tidal motions. And basically what's really happening with that tidal motion is that you have the mass of the moon has got a gravitational pull on it. There, It, it actually is pulling on the earth. Not as much as what people might think is happening because the earth is actually a larger body. So we are pulling and have a greater pull and a greater influence over the moon, which is why the moon hasn't disappeared off into the middle of space. That's why it's still orbiting us. And that's why the moon hasn't floated away? Yeah, exactly. It hasn't floated away. It's not, it, and it's, it's bound to us because of this. But 
its gravitational pull on us is actually pulling the water towards it. So what, and that's why on one side of the planet, you always get high tide. And on the other side of the planet, you always get low tide at the same time. It's because of this pull of the earth, uh, pull of the water or pull that the moon has on us. And when it's at its perigee, and remember, for those of you who are just coming in, we talked about perigee versus apogee. So perigee is when the moon is at its closest to the earth and apogee is when it's furthest away. And just remember that the moon does not have a circular orbit around the earth. It's actually elliptical. So and it's we an just oval, happen to be doc. in one apex. What was that? So it's an oval. Yeah, it's an oval. Okay. okay. So we have an elliptical orbit. And that movement that it has, so when it's at its closest, that's when we can get things like king tides and stuff like that. Okay, king because tides? Because it's pooling. A king tide is when the tide is really, really big compared so to what it normally really is. really high. High tide it's is It's a really high, high tide. Yeah. Okay. And you think I would know this having lived in a coastal community for a while, but... I know I was a kid, so I didn't pay much attention. Yeah. So that's why you can get king tides anyway. It's because the moon will be at its perigee. And when it's at its apogee, when it's furthest away, the tides are pretty small, pretty insignificant. Things are cool. Right. So there are some other things that are interesting. Before we went to the break, you were asking about some of these other random names that come about for the moon. You've got things like the corn moon, the harvest moon, the hunter's moon, the cold moon. You have the wolf moon. (laughs) There are so many different names from them. And basically what it is, is they come from our old ancient mythologies from various different cultures around the world. And different cultures had different ways of defining where they were within the year. Okay. There, there are only two ways of determining within the ancient culture where you were within the year. There were only two ways of doing it. One, you watch the sun and you watch, you basically calculate how long the, well, three ways actually, now that I think about it. One is the sun. You calculate how long the day is. And that's when you get things like the solstices, which is where the longest day and shortest day of the year, depending on where you happen to be in the planet. Then you have your equinoxes where the day and night is is the same exact duration of time. And then you have your time frames in between. You also have within that solar year, you have 13 full moons within a year. So we're Not probably going to have one, we're probably guaranteed one blue moon a year, right? Yeah. Because of our calendar year, yeah, you're guaranteed to have at least one blue moon now, I every got year. Just an off-the-wall question here, Doc, but I'm pretty sure you can handle it. Does New Year's Day is a lot of fun, but does it have any lunar or solar or astronomical significance, or is it just cultural fun? Uh, The New Year's, I mean, we've gone through, we've put January 1st is a modern 
sta- it's a modern um, calendar time. The the Roman calendar, which is what we are using, it, it's it, it's a modern thing that goes through and puts certain dates, but its length is based on an actual astronomical calculation. It is based on when we know the solstices are with respect to each other. They are always six months apart from each other. The equinoxes are always six months apart from each other. And they tend to, they are always on the same day every year. The really? equinoxes and the solstices. Wow. Okay. I don't know what happened there. Okay. I'm just going to say that again. <laughs> They're on the same time every year, six months. We know this. And so the solar calendar or the calendar that we are using for our calendar every day, you know, when you're talking about January 1st and, and, you know, 31st January, that calendar, it is based on a solar calendar. It is a calculated thing. We know exactly what that is. But the moon doesn't have a 28-day period, or it doesn't have a 30-day period, or it doesn't have a 31st, 31 days period. It is 27 days. Okay. Just slightly off. It's slightly more, slightly less. It's not quite the same every month. If it was, if it was exactly the same every month, then we would be able to work out a calendar such that the moon every single day would have this same period every day but it's not i mean you're talking what i think it's in some cases depending on how you calculate the the lunar month which trust me there's like so many different calculations associated with it on one calculation it is 27 days and 13 hours so you're basically talking 27 and a half days on another calculation it was 27 days and five hours Okay, scientists are going crazy with numbers again. Got it. Yeah, exactly. There's so many different ways of calculating it, and they all have different, they're all important because one of them, one of the calculations is the calculation between apogee and perigee. So it's how we calculate whether we've got a supermoon or mini moons. The other one is a, a calculation based on lunar and solar eclipses. So we can work out exactly when we're going to have a lunar and a solar eclipse. Okay. We have other ones that are based on our moon cycle, based on the full moon and new moon. And that one is, again, that's 28 days and so many hours. So there are all these different calculations associated with the moon, and it makes things so confusing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. It does. It's scientists going crazy with numbers. But, hey, I love my numbers. Hey, Doc, you know math wasn't my my strong suit, right? (laughs) I know. I know. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) I'm sure I'll hear hear about it later. Okay, so to come back to your question about the different names of these different moons, you had these ancient cultures or the, the old historical cultures that they had to come up with a different way of defining the calendar because not everybody was working off of solar. Not everybody was working off a lunar. They would have all these different things, but they knew based on what was happening with the weather, where they were at. So for in the Northern hemisphere, the the 
full moon that's in December is traditionally called the cold moon because, (laughs) well, December every year is pretty cold. It's winter. And so even when you're talking about, you know, dealing with the Anglo-Saxon terms in those old cultures, they knew the moon that is going to be in around about that period. It's winter. It's snowing. It's cold. Hence its name. Cold moon. Not very imaginative, is it? No, not really. But then you also got things like the corn moon. The corn moon was when they were going to plant and harvest the corn. It's when they're harvesting the corn every year and planting it. Then you have the harvest moon. They know they're going to be harvesting their crops every year at that moon. You had the, um, the wolf moon because the wolf moon, the wolf starts to howl at the moon at the end of winter as we're starting to get into warmer weather. The wolf comes out and, oh, look at that. There's a full moon. Yeah, so that's where you get the wolf howling at the moon. And so that's why the wolf moon is in January, because that's roughly the time of year that weather starts to warm up. The wolves are coming out of their dens. They're doing things. You know what I find fascinating, Doc? Yeah? I've made no secret of the fact I'm Jewish. And, well, the Jewish religion has its own calendar. and It's It's based on the moon, isn't it? Yeah. But every so many years, they add a whole extra month. They don't have a leap day. They have a leap month. That'll probably be because you have 13 months in a year, and they're probably trying to bring everything up into the cycle, trying to make everything a bit equal again. Their calculations, that's the thing. I mean, a full, the moon doesn't go around the earth in exactly. 28 or 27 days it's actually 27 days and so many hours it probably and that's has something add up. to do with all that what was that it probably has something to do with all that i know enough to grab a jewish calendar every year but that's about the size of it i mean to be honest i couldn't follow all the math that goes into it <laughs> I think the mathematics associated with it is quite interesting because there's also some other, there's also other interesting things. We don't get a lunar eclipse every single full moon. We can only have a lunar eclipse at the full moon. We can only have a solar eclipse at a new moon, but we don't get one every month. And the reason why is because the moon, its orbit around us, it actually wobbles. It is not always on the same plane. It's constantly moving. So we have a wobbly not moon. Only, yeah, we have a wobbly moon. Not but, only that, but like, but what happens? Like the, weebles, like the old, there's an old TV commercial to go weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. The moon's never going to fall down, is it? No, the moon is never going to fall down. Cool. But what's happening is because as we're going around the, the sun, it's the moon's orientation with respect to the sun is changing. It has this slight tilt that with respect to the sun keeps moving 
and keeps changing. And then it has, of course, you've got a slight wobble in that orbit as well. We, again, scientists can calculate it. We know what, we've, what we're looking at. A bit of an interesting fact, there's actually lunar records that go back 400 years. Are we talking there was like actually, Galileo? We're talking before Galileo, too. There is actually a, a lunar record that was calculating solar eclipses and lunar eclipses that calculated it right up until 2020. That is, the record is like near on 600 years old, but it was still calculating every single lunar eclipse and solar eclipse that we're going to have right up to 2020. Was it accurate, it Doc? Was, that's the scary thing, is it actually is accurate. I mean, it might be off by about a day or two, but it is still really accurate. And that tells you how much we knew 600, 400, 800 years ago about the movement of the moon with respect to Earth. We knew all of this stuff. We can measure it all. And so you're not crazy, guys. These things are calculable. We do know what it is. We know what's going on. Yeah, but still people go a little bit loony. Well, I, I don't know why. I think the looniness of the moon is an awesome topic. And I was happy to howl about it with you. <laughs> uh, corny. Corny. Oh, it needs to be a corn moon. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> Gotta have the corny jokes, Doc, or it wouldn't be me. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is very, very true. All right, Jess, before we wrap this show up, is there anything else that about the moon that we haven't covered? No, Doc, I don't want you to start throwing mathematical formulas at me. <laughs> I promise I won't. I'll try not to. I promise. You can save that for your other science friends. <laughs> okay, so tw the 31st of January, guys. If you've got a clear sky out, go check it out. We are going to have a blood moon that happens at the blue moon. <laughs> yeah, don't go crazy, please. Please don't go crazy. But it's going to be cool. Let's face it. I just want to know how many listeners are going to go out and howl at the moon uh, i'll join them does that sound fine hey, hey you i don't mind fun yeah. with that doc <laughs> okay i think jace we are at the end of another show i think so too doc well, that brings us to an end of another Conversations in Science. If you have any questions about science and about some of the world around us, feel free to drop me a line. I'm on Twitter, and you can find me at Judy L. Moore. Or you can look me up on Facebook, Judy L. Moore. Or you can drop me a line on my personal website, JudyLmore.com. I think you're seeing the pattern here. Then, of course, if you are interested in some of the other projects I do, which is the writing and editing, feel free to check me out on blackwolfeditorial.com. But then, of course, don't forget, if you are wanting more information about the science, you can also contact us at the station. 
with the email of science at klrnradio.com. Then, of course, there's my cohort that keeps going through and popping up. You mean me, Doc? Well, for anybody who wants to track me down, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse's POV. And you can also drop me a line at the station at Jesse's POV at KLRNRadio.com. Bye, guys. Bye.